in love with movies, in love, in love with movies. With Danny and Nick. Da da da. Wait, you were gonna what, do what now? I can't believe I spent $50 at Jewel. You spent $50 at Jewel today? Yeah. Uh, but I went grocery shopping like two weeks ago. What's, uh, what'd you spend 50 bucks at Jewel for? Fancy beer. Fancy beer? Yeah, fancy beer. Yeah, the dragon's milk is uh, expensive stuff. 16 bucks! <laughs> For four! Happy Sweetest Day, bitch! <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. Sweetest Day. Sweetest Day. Uh, yeah, so this will come out the day after Sweetest Day, right? Mm -hmm. well, well, happy Sweetest Day to you too, sweetie. <laughs> bitch! <laughs> uh, how's, uh, how's improv going, by the way? Fine. How's things going there? Very great. Yeah? Mm -hmm. How many shows you got left? Two. Two? All right, so two Tuesdays for our fans to, after this, to catch up still. Tuesday nights at the Annoyance, they should come see you. Or is uh, Basic Minstinct, are you guys hosting either of those two nights? No, we are prime time, baby. All right, all right. Well, I suppose we should get to the actual podcast portion of things. This is uh, In Love. With movies. <laughs> With, with Nick and Danny. Thank you all for listening and tuning in for uh, the second episode of our glorious podcast. We are uh, amazing and glorious and the most wise ever uh, people that have existed. And if you should get that, what that pop, uh, pop culture or political reference is. And hopefully you won't actually judge us too harshly. I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, then. Well, uh, uh, it had something to do with uh, Twitter and okay, a certain yeah, person. Yeah, and Okay. okay. Anyway, so uh, moving right along then, uh, today's topic is going to be what, Danielle? Gender roles. Why are you catching me while I'm drinking my La Croix? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't want to, I did, didn't mean to disturb the, the La Croix, the La Croix. Yes, gender roles. So we're talking about gender roles in relationships. And we should probably go ahead and specify that, I mean, the conversation because it's in relationships really is kind of automatically in specifically cisgender straight relationships since that's really the only one we can personally comment on correct i have no perspective on the other side of things though sometimes i do wish i married a woman <laughs> oh yeah tell us more <laughs> about that why do you wish you'd married a woman let's talk about gender <laughs> <laughs> all right then all right then well so uh do you want to talk about uh, in terms of chores first, or do you want to just talk about like generalities, like how a, a man and a woman are supposed to sort of behave? Okay, first of all, there is no supposed to. This is 2019, so gender roles are dumb. However, I will say, getting into this relationship with Nick, I, I didn't know what to expect because, you know, as ladies, you're supposed to cook and clean and be barefoot and pregnant in the kitchen. Um, and it doesn't help that on our second date, I told you that I do not cook. I was like, I, I put the, I put the, I put it down right there. Date number two. I was like, if this is going anywhere, you should know yeah. I'm not cooking anything. I was a little, a little concerned at that point. Sorry. I just. <laughs> Did you seriously just burp into the microphone? I couldn't complete my sentence without. Okay. <laughs> Too much LaCroix. Um. But, surprisingly, I see, at first I was like, damn, of course, I'm going to have to freaking learn to cook. Which I didn't. I just bought a crock pot. <laughs> That's how I cook nowadays, honestly. But, um, Nick and I are very equal when it comes to, well, he would probably disagree. I wasn't going to, no, I wouldn't disagree. Continue. I cook everything, for the most part. I do breakfast, usually. Yeah, because I'm not good at eggs. And 
Nick packs my lunch, which is the lunch that I probably cooked the night before. Yep, usually. Nick does the dishes. Usually. Nick does the laundry. Always. <laughs> well, and to be fair, I'm not allowed to do laundry because I tried, and Nick told me I did it wrong, so I said, okay, then you do it. So then he does, which is great. It's if, great. <laughs> if my mom hears this, she's totally going to be judging me, thinking I am my father when that time comes, by the way. She's, like, said the exact same criticism of my dad. But anyway... You also have done the wrong dishes, and I still let you do that. You just have learned. Okay, I've bothered well, to. I mean, I've bothered what to if I teach did you. All of this wrong on purpose to get you to do it for me. You have actually said that that's the case before. That's true. But <laughs> I was doing them anyway. It's not like I mean I've been doing your laundry since before we were living together. That's right, because you had free laundry and I did not. So. <laughs> City living, y'all. Um, yeah. So. It happens to work out pretty evenly because then I'll clean the bathrooms, I'll clean the floors, I'll do the vacuuming. So it's a 50-50 thing. Oh, Nick takes out the garbage. Not always, though. Usually. Sometimes I take out the garbage. Yeah. Um, but to us, it just really works out and the load is really based on where we both are at that point in our lives, too. There's been time where Nick, like, for example, was studying for comprehensive exams for his PhD. He's a doctor. Almost. If you write a say, review, not yet. encourage him to do his dissertation. Ha right. ha ha, okay. Anyways, he was doing his comps, so I took over everything. Yes, li- literally everything. You were even doing the laundry and the dishes, and, I, and yeah, for a month, I, I just didn't do anything other than study. And then there are times where I'm just doing way too much, doing yoga, improv, work, and I'll come home and Nick has done more than his fair share of chores, so... Sorry, I just can't stop burping. <laughs> I've even cleaned bathrooms and cleaned after the up after the cat sometimes, which I have. Oh yeah, we I really put a hard done. Yeah, well, it's because I'm allergic. Yeah, he's allergic to poop. Well, I mean, I'm allergic to everything—the cat and the dander and all of the stuff that comes with it. I just deal with the everyday hair because he doesn't shed that much, and I like making my wife happy. That's right, because I love cats. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. It's worked out for us, and there is no, there's never been a time where it's like, if the dishes are getting overwhelming and they're just not getting done, I'll just do it, and I won't be mad at Nick. And like I said, if Nick comes home and he's like, I know that this house isn't going to get clean and I need to clean, he does it. We don't usually typically fight about it. Yeah, and I, I mean, like, I don't want to, I don't want us to be judging anyone else who chooses to do things differently, but at least for me, I know that... I don't think there's anything that says, like, this is, like you said earlier, there's no right and wrong way. As long as both partners are okay with whatever the arrangement is. Like if, if you have figured out a situation where you happen to be a single income family and either the man or the woman is able to make enough money to let the other person stay at home and therefore that person does all of the domestic stuff, including all the cooking, including all the cleaning, like, and does all of it, and that's the balance that works for you and your partner, fantastic. We don't have that balance. Neither one of us makes enough money to... <laughs> 100%, I will let Nick be a stay-at-home dad. I'm putting this on the record. He can take care of the children and the cats and the, I said plural cats, by the way. I, and I have told you before, if you made enough money to, ca- to care for all of us, I would happily do that. In fact, I offended someone the other day because they thought I was saying I didn't want to teach. And I was like, no, I, I like teaching. I love teaching. I would continue teaching, but I would like do it on the side or whatever and just mostly take care of kids. Yeah. Go for it. It's all you. <laughs> hey, you're, you've been the sugar mama our entire relationship. That is so. true. So I think the reason a lot of this started where Nick has cleaned up a little bit more than I have and done more chores is because for quite a few years when we were dating, I was a sugar mama. (laughs) (laughs) Darn right. 
And that's also against stereotypical gender roles. Yeah. And Nick finally... Yeah, I love this part, because, like, I... I'm not actually threatened, but like I like making the joke about, you know, oh, uh, sugar mama or like, oh, I'm so sad because my, my wife or my fiance at the time, you know, makes more money than me. So I finally at like towards the end of my Ph.D., finishing up just dissertation, got a full time job teaching. And uh, like finally, then the job that I got was making more money than Danielle was at the job she had at the time. And then I had that job for like two months before she got a different job that made more money than me again. So listen. <laughs> I've been a sugar mama for 4.7 out of 5 years of our relationship. <laughs> That's right, ladies. I'm a bad bitch, and y'all are bad bitches, too. Also, another thing as a woman, you don't have to feel bad about making more money than your partner. And if your partner makes you feel bad about making more money, tell them to shove it up their butt and walk out the door. <laughs> yes, yes. That is, exact, that is healthy communication skills for a relationship. Or put out a Lizzo song and be like, If he don't love you anymore... <laughs> then walk your body. I can't hit that range, but you know what I'm saying? Um, but no one should ever feel bad about making more money or being worth what you're worth at your job. Yeah, I, I really personally think that a lot of like our what we consider stereotypical gender roles, especially when it comes to kind of keeping house and who makes the most money and who's the breadwinner, it all comes from a time where like there was a just totally different social structure. And A, it was more possible for one person to make enough money for a family of four to live on. And B, like, there was this heavy, you know, gender expectation of that person to be the man. And then it's like, well, okay, well, I guess the woman's going to be the domestic one. And then somewhere along the line, we as a society started to think that that, because that was the situation we were in, that it was, like, how it was supposed to be or destined or it had something to do with, like, genuine differences between what a man can do and a woman can do. And that, that part is where I go, bullshit. But the reality nowadays, so even in my last job, though I made more money than Nick, I got paid less than the men that did the same job as me got paid. Yeah. So it's... Uh, and I'm, I'm not, I'm by no <laughs> means trying to say that there's not still issues and that there's not still gender... Yeah, there's still a gender gap. Gap in terms of pay. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, if this ever makes it to Abby Wombach. <laughs> yeah. Wolfpack! Yeah! Equal pay for equal work. Okay, that's... She's great. And Glennon Doyle, she's my favorite author. 100% support. <laughs> but yeah, uh, and it works out. We don't really fight about it. Yeah, and then we, I think, I mean, I don't know, I don't want to speak for everyone else, but I do feel also we may be amongst a lot of people around our age, and I would say a lot of people today that are both older and younger than us, we also don't kind of meet gender stereotypes in terms of, like, behavior and stuff like that, too. I mean, we've had conversations about, like, you know, is it okay for me to cry in front of you? And Oh, and Nick cries like a little baby. Wow. You didn't have to necessarily <laughs> just, like, make me sound, wow. All right. Uh, yeah, I'm I mean, yes, I do. I have. Uh, but, yeah, no, but there's... But that's one part about you that I have I've fallen in love with. The fact that Nick could be genuinely open and honest with me and be like, yo, I'm sad right now. I'm overwhelmed. I'm going to cry a little bit. It just makes me feel so much more connected to you. I'm glad to hear that. Although, I mean, it's a good thing I'm secure in, again, my masculinity because you did start this entire conversation by saying you wish you'd married a woman. <laughs> so some people could, you know, draw lines between those two statements and... <laughs> the other day, I told my mom that she should just start uh -oh, dating careful now. women. And she considered it for a second, I think. Right, Barb? I'm just kidding. You know Barb's going to hear this sooner or later. <laughs> 
I hope you didn't just talk out of turn. All right. Well, anything else you feel like you need to share about gender roles uh, in relationships in general? Anything like that? Yeah, they're dumb. They're dumb. Okay. You should really elaborate just, on that. I personally believe you need to talk to your partner, look at their strengths, their weaknesses, their capacities. It's like I'm doing my job right now with transition planning, disability. But uh, Nick's strength is not cooking. <laughs> <laughs> I just took it over. I'm not bad at cooking. You're I just don't. I, I hate doing it. Either. I hate doing it. That's true. And Nick is just fantastic at doing laundry. So you have to assess your strengths and weaknesses. But truly, like, if Nick tomorrow said, I can't do any of the chores because I'm so overwhelmed or whatever, I would say, okay, I'll take care of you. Because it's about a partnership and what your partner needs, really. It's not men take out garbage, women do laundry. It's yeah. what does your partner need in this moment? How do you take care of them? So do you think in any other ways that uh, aside from either, you know, sharing of responsibilities or any, literally in any way, uh, whether there are sort of genuine differences in the ways that men and women are quote unquote made? Yes, I do. I think that men are dumber. (laughs) (laughs) Fun fact, by the way. On average, if you look at the data, most studies in terms of general mental ability will actually show that women are more intelligent than men. Women just, I think, have a a better capacity to, um, I know you say, because, you know, psychology and all that jazz, that multitasking is not a thing, but I truly believe that women can multitask better than men, if it were a concept that you believed in. It depends on how you define multitasking. Like, I mean, the idea of your brain being able to actually truly devote its focus to multiple things at once, that is pretty strongly been shown not to be possible. Uh, like, in terms of how quickly, what actually happens is we shift our focus. And there are some people that do better at refocusing and uh, re-engaging in, like, the highest level of cognitive attention more quickly. And I, may, maybe women, I've never seen anything that talks about the gender differences, but maybe women are better at that. Like, so it wouldn't be multitasking, but it would be changing from one task to the next and that's what looks like multitasking what people usually think of as multitasking you got me off on a tangent you shouldn't have done that what people usually think of as multitasking is like oh i'm gonna you know pay equal attention to this television show and this work that i'm working on i used to do that all the time and the reality is like you weren't paying equal attention to both you just you just you never did you weren't you can't what was actually happening is you were paying attention to the TV show at parts that you cared about, and then when you weren't needing to pay that much attention to the TV show, you actually were paying attention to whatever your work was. You were never truly paying attention to both. Cool. So, besides that, <laughs> um, I just... I don't know what I was going to say. But women, I just think that women are good at... Um, well, we've talked about this. Like, They're better social communicators. So... I'm the social calendar keeper. True. And I, literally, I'd like, yeah. Nick is very good at like, <laughs> this is something I'm bad at. Like without Nick, I don't think I would be able to, first of all, get myself up in the morning, um, like follow a schedule on time, and then also like pay bills and stuff. You, <laughs> you're always like, we should pay this. And I'm like, yeah, for sure, whatever. But Nick actually goes and he pays it. But do you think that is a difference between our genders? Do you think it's just a difference between our persons? Because, see, I started this this part of it, like, asking, do you think there's, like, a difference? In terms of, what, what caused me is one of our fans on our Facebook page was, you know, got in a conversation with me about 
belief in terms of man and woman being made by God differently. Uh, and so I'm curious if you think that's like a thing that was our man and womanness that's different, or is it just our peopleness that's different? Do I think that women are better? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's a personality thing. I think you are very opposite-brained than I am. So I'm like social butterfly. It's just it's a perfect example of how Nick and I get recharged. So many of you might not know this, but Nick is an introvert. I think they could tell from this podcast. No. <laughs> <laughs> Even though he's loud, he's still an introvert. And I'm very clearly an extrovert. And it's just because, like, we recharge ourselves differently. So if I'm not around humans for a long time, I am, like, drained of energy. I feel like crap. If Nick is around humans a lot of time, he's drained of energy and he feels like crap. So he needs to have Nick time, which took me a very long time to figure out that that was real. Because as a woman, I don't know if this is just as a woman or a person. I was just going to say. I'm not answering the question right. But I was, I'm very jealous and so early on in our relationship, That's he kept true. saying, That's true. I just need Nick time. And I was like, what bitch is named Nick <laughs> that you got to spend time with? And I was like, uh, uh, Assassin's Creed this, because that's the thing I was probably doing. Yeah. Or video some games. TV show or video games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like video games. I have like only played probably a combined eight hours of video games since like April. And that's crazy for me. Wild. <laughs> and you're like... Why do you need to play eight hours of video games? <laughs> that is correct. But yeah, I guess you're right. Maybe it is a... Um, I, I'm not saying I got the answer. I'm just curious. I was, I was, you know, wondering. It's a personality thing, I think. I don't know, because obviously gender is a contra- construct. I truly believe that. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, the reason I pose it is because to me it's all... The question really gets at, like, the at-making part type of thing. Like, it's kind of that nature or nurture, or however you want to do it, or destiny or, or you know, the development of... Even if there are, in my opinion, differences on, let's say, social ability between, uh, you know, adult women and adult men, I suspect at least some of, if not most of, that difference is actually something that's been learned throughout both of their lives. And, like, when they got to the point of being an adult, them being more sociable is because society has kind of coached them that that's the way that they're supposed to behave. Agreed. Like that, that's to me, that's the same whole idea of like, I, I, and I still struggle with it. Like I still feel myself, you know, spoilers. And I think we talked about this a little bit last episode, but like, uh, the guy from Jane, the Virgin, for example, you know what I mean? Like him having that Ted talk where he talks about like, he's tired of acting in his real life where he's got to act, you know, masculine and he's got to be a man. And like, it's cause that's a constant thing. Like, and so I can't, I'm sure there's there obviously all these examples for women. It's like, Oh, you're supposed to be nurturing. You're supposed to do this. You're supposed to do that. Like. But it's exhausting. Why? Like, why? I, mean, I. But I think that is outward forces telling us the way we're supposed to behave more than it is like this is how I am made. Absolutely. There's, like, currently in my age group, a lot of women are having babies or saying they have this baby fever thing. You don't have baby fever? I just don't feel it. I see little humans and I'm like, ugh. And then I see pregnant women and I'm like, ugh. Both of our mother's hearts are being broken right Sorry. now. Sorry. <laughs> one day it'll kick in but like it's i don't personally feel that right now towards my kitty cat i do <laughs> <laughs> towards the kitty cat little and fur I, baby i do have a f- maternal instinct in trying to help others yeah you 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 protect the students that are on your under your charge like stronger than i've seen some mother bears you know what i mean take That's care true. of their cubs but babies gross <laughs> I suppose that is really, though, the one genuine difference between, like, ma- males and females. 
It's like the inherent maybe baby fever. No, no, no I will actually that maybe I don't know that part I was not going to debate. I mean the actual giving birth. Like there is no <laughs> that is that is not a stereotypical female role that I can just take over for you. I'm I will never carry our child to term. I wish you could. <laughs> <laughs> physically. I don't want to do it. Well, on that note, we might as well transition into uh, the movie for this week. So we'll be, we'll be discussing things uh, in the Matrix here in just a second. I did want to talk briefly about we thought gender roles was an interesting thing here uh, because the Wachowski brothers, as they were when the, the Matrix came out, are actually now the Wachowski siblings. And it's because one or both of them has gotten a sex change. And then I think also maybe one of them is just like, non-gender presenting so that's also a thing just to go further into we thought that this conversation would pair really well with the matrix so any other thoughts on gender roles before we move into that women are better (laughs) and on that note we'll move on to the matrix in love with movies in love with movies all right so you ready for the with movie portion of the podcast danielle yes i am nicholas (laughs) <laughs> okay so uh this month we uh the movie that we watched which you should all know by now is the matrix this was bah, bah, bah. <laughs> <laughs> this was uh this was my pick this this month but it was an inspired pick oh i just spit so much <laughs> You're, I'm glad you mentioned that because I was gonna say it is one that's on my list, but we ended up getting we ended up choosing this movie over others. So for our first episode, we did an, a movie that you are like head over heels in love with and would be the top of your lists. Uh, for me, we it was you know on my list, but it was definitely not like it would not have been my absolute top. The Matrix. It's not like my favorite movie of all time, although it is a, one on my list. So it's been on your list of movies that we needed to work on for your cinematic education. That's one reason we watched it. Correct. And what was the other reasons? That everything about my life inspires you in every way. And so I have a coach who's on my improv team who also happens to be in the Matrix musical. Okay, so it's called... The One. Yeah, I was going to say, The One. The One. A Matrix musical parody. Okay, well, that's what it was. (laughs) It was... um, And it's... There's only a couple more weeks left, but... We went and saw that after we saw The Matrix. And before we could see it, even Wes, your, your coach, I can say his name, right? That's okay? Redacted. <laughs> it'll, it'll be our way of knowing whether or not he's listening to your silly the stuff. Uh, he, he, he even shared uh, that you definitely needed to have watched the movie before going to this musical parody. I would have had no idea what was going on. <laughs> so it was definitely a good idea. Yes. Okay. So we have decided that we're going to do try to do like a, a starting with, uh, you know, the person who has selected the movie, and we're going to call it Love at First Sight, where we talk about why we love this movie and when we can remember first seeing it, or sort of our initial uh, memories and things about that before we move into the actual movie itself, uh, trying to get to know more about each other. So I was kind of thinking about some of these things while I was watching the, the movie. Okay. Uh, your first time, as I gather, was obviously this time watching it, yes? Yeah, I just watched it. Okay, so, this is, so that's your <laughs> That first was time. my first sight. I was trying to remember, I can't remember specifically if I got to see this in theaters or if we rented it at some point, but I definitely had seen it before, like, all of my other friends. So I can remember there being a girl that I had a crush on in the sixth grade that while we were doing safety patrol. Did you guys have safety patrol in, like, your school? Yeah, like crossing guards? Yeah, basically, yeah. Yes. Yeah, obviously I was crossing her because I'm a leader in everything that I do. 
And I lived across the street from school, so. <laughs> Did you guys have, like, captains or whatever for that? I don't think so. Okay, so we had, like, captains who were, like, you know, the, 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 the student managers, whatever. This girl I had a crush on uh, was one of those captains. And I can remember walking around, like, at the end of our patrol or whatever at some point. Um, and trying to talk about movies with her. And Danielle is giving me this, like, she's like, stop talking about this ex of yours look on her face right now. It's hilarious. I wish you guys could see it. Um, anyway, so she, uh, I was trying to talk to her about it and she was like, there's no way, you know, my parents wouldn't let me see this. Cause and like, to me at that point, it had gotten to a point where my parents, if there was a movie I wanted to watch, they let us watch it. Usually my mom would just make sure that she was there watching it with us the first time. So I was in the sixth grade when I had seen the matrix. I knew that. Uh, and it, I don't know that it made so much of an impact then, but like it definitely, like, I feel like I was part of that culture that was, like, formulating. I didn't, like, dress in black or anything like that. I know there was, like, people, you know, in black trench coats and sunglasses for a big time afterwards. It was definitely not me. But, it, it like, the idea of, uh, you know, the being an action star basically because of your brain, I think, is the thing that made <laughs> me fall in love with this movie. I could see that. Right? Do you see what I'm talking about with the movie? Sure. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Well, like, Neo, I mean, granted, he's not, like, because, so I was a chubby kid, you know this, um, I was a chubby kid, and, like, the idea that if you had the willpower and the mind power, you could be, like, a superhero, basically, I mean, he straight up flies like Superman at the end of this movie. Spoiler alert, if you haven't seen it. Because <laughs> until a couple, last week, I hadn't seen it, so. Yeah, spoiler alert for one of the most famous movies that is now literally 20 years old this, this month, this year. So, you saw it for the first time when you were possibly in sixth grade for the captain of the crossing guards. I mean, you know why I saw it. I remember wanting to talk to her about it, but okay, yes. Okay, and why has it made an impact on you? Well, that's, what I think, what the biggest thing I was trying to say is, is like, it's the idea of, it seemed like I could be the action star. Oh, you did say that, I just wasn't paying attention. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. So, sh what are your thoughts on the movies? On the movie? Um, this is a mix of other movies put into one. This is partially Men in Black, combined with Star Wars, because there's Rebels and stuff. Um, I also thought that this movie had the most cliches I've ever heard in my entire life. Like, they'd be like, oh, not the spoon that bends, only yourself. Or, to deny your urges is to deny the thing that makes you human. Or, I wrote other things. Okay, okay, yeah. so I have a question, though, because I think it's very... You're coming at this 20 years after it's made. So you've got 20 years of pop culture that has been influenced by this movie because it was so big when it first came out. Is it possible that what you are thinking of is a cliché is because it has become a cliché since this movie? I have never once heard someone say, it's not the spoon that bends, it's yourself. That is not, it's just the way that they say it, and they're very, like, like, I'm about to say the most profound thing that's ever happened, but they don't. <laughs> so, I guess, if I'm giving an overall rating for this, I, well, let's, I but I just didn't get it. Let's, just, let's save that till the end. Okay, but, personally, not my fave. Okay, so, so you did not, did not love this movie? No. So, the beginning part... Is scary. It's like a thriller. It's very scary when he's in the office, like he's hiding under the cubicles, which there's no way those people didn't see him. But <laughs> when they both turn their head, I got a little scared. 
Um, and then I was thinking at the beginning, is any of this real? Which is confusing because at the end I'm like, is any of this real? I don't know. Um, and it's just very long. <laughs> and Nick knows I struggled to stay awake because like, maybe 20 years ago, again, this is probably groundbreaking. There are going to be so many people hating on me after this podcast, by the way. Um, I thought that the action was boring as hell. It's like, here's 20 minutes of pew pew, kung fu, kung fu, sunglasses. So I will say, that the part of this movie, that, to me, that did not, well, there are whole swaths of this that did not necessarily hold up. Um, you mentioned, like, it, it frames something as if it's going to be the most profound thing that ever was said. Yeah. Back when I was in, like, the 6th through 8th grade, having first watched this movie a bunch, I probably thought it was the most profound thing. But that that goes to show that, like, okay, so it's profound for a 13-year-old boy. Mm-hmm. I don't know if everyone else thought it was profound at the time. But going, the the action sequences, and this is where I think you're not giving it enough credit, because, again, the time that you're seeing it. Mm-hmm. That bullet time, like, some of the reasons, you're right, the, the action sequences are long. They're but so long. Sometimes it's because there's, like, these things where it's, like, we are doing this technically brand new masterful thing that has never been done before. And that's why they expand it probably longer than it needed to be. I think, I still think the bullet thing is cool. I've never seen it, like, well, I've seen it 10,000 times, but I've never seen it done like that. Like, that's very original, obviously, when he, like, backbends over a bullet. But I thought that was going to come 40 minutes earlier in the movie. <laughs> there is so much. Ugh. There, we did already talk about it. There's kind of like there's two sections to the movie. Yes. So what you thought was a scary movie, I didn't necessarily it's see. It's a freaking horror movie because then his mouth closes over itself and they put a bug inside of him. And then they're like, you've been bugged. And it's an actual bug. Like that to me was real dumb. And unnecessarily <laughs> gross. <laughs> I didn't think it's, I mean, it is, I, I, yeah, I mean, it's, I remember being creeped out by it. It's yeah. kind of like, it's, you don't expect the movie to have that level of body horror element to it. Yeah, why is his mouth look, that's gross. It was unnecessary. I also, I was thinking, I remember thinking this was absolute sheer brilliance, and it, now looking back, so if you, if everybody knows the Wachowskis, um, their, uh, overall filmography, is, you know, it's got some stinkers in it. Uh, Jupiter Ascending, I'm looking at you. But uh, part of the reason I think is because there's not, like, it's always these great grand ideas, but it's not always as well executed. The Matrix ended up being well executed, but I don't know that it was anything that Wachowskis did. I don't know this. I didn't, I did some research, but some of the technical aspects I suspect was not them, it was someone else. And I think that's the thing that really makes this movie. Because when you go back to the first part of it, it is an interesting philosophical debate, but they're not saying anything that's not already said in a freshman-level philosophy course. And they're saying it as if they're the most intelligent, most profound things that have ever been said. And like you said, it's kind of not that brilliant. Yeah. And also, it's, it's just not great writing. <laughs> can I say, I think it took... There's a couple times where I had to lean over to you and be like, I don't understand, why is this happening, why is this happening... And I wrote down a bunch of times, like, I don't understand at the beginning when he gives the guy that CD thing and then follows a white rabbit, like, what, it, the CD thing is never explained, but probably because he's a hacker, right? Yes, and you're right, they don't, they basically don't explain that. They just assume that you're going to put two and two together that he's a hacker. And then the phone thing, I kept saying, why, what's, I don't understand the phone. And then you have to answer the phone to go back into the real world. 
never made clear. <laughs> I don't know. That was very confusing to me. So then, at the end of this movie, I think a lot of my questions were answered after I turned the movie off, slept, woke up, saw a musical parody of it, and then thought about it. And I was like, oh, that's what that means. Okay, so what are some of the questions that got answered for you then? That he was a hacker. I, like, okay. didn't even get that part. Um, what else? The phone. Okay, what about the phone, like, got answered for you? Just the fact that, like, s that you had to call in yeah. or whatever to... I always... Th the one thing I always thought was interesting, and I guess I didn't question it that much, but it's, like, there are specific phone lines that are the ones yeah, that you connect you to back to the... to the east corner <laughs> over there to go get there. Shout out to State and Balbo. We were both oh, like, yeah. oh, hey, we actually know where that is because the Wachowskis are from Chicago where we live. And so that, like, we were like, oh, that's an artifact of there being a legitimate street that they thought of. Here's another thing that, like, I think if I rewatched the movie again, it still wouldn't be answered. At first I thought, oh, Trinity and Morpheus wear sunglasses in what we think is the real world, but it's the Matrix, or... Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yes. And then I was like, okay, once Neo discovers that he's living in the real world and then goes back into the Matrix, he's also going to wear sunglasses. But he doesn't. So, it like... But sometimes he does. So you, so you thought that the sunglasses were going to somehow be like uh, extra metaphor for like no, their I eyes being open? Costume designers should have done better jobs <laughs> at the continuity. <laughs> well, maybe they weren't trying to like, you know, prove a point with the sunglasses. Maybe well, the sunglasses should. were just a, uh, you know, a, a style choice. We were talking about Morpheus's sunglasses during the, uh... Oh, I wrote that's the best part of the movie. The <laughs> that they don't have, uh, things that go on your ears. Morpheus's... Clip on your nose. <laughs> and then his tie has code on it. I don't know if you noticed that. Morpheus's tie does? Yeah. I don't think I did notice that. Yeah, wow. I have seen this movie probably close to 20 times, and I don't know that I've ever noticed that. Second best part... Okay. ...is this line. I know Kung Fu. <laughs> you, you started losing your shit and then so in that scene it, it, and, and I will admit it like it's played kind of silly and there's definitely some moments where they are self-referential like uh, Neo at one point goes whoa and that's obviously supposed to be a reference to Bill and Ted but like the I know kung fu scene I you asked me you're like is this supposed to be serious that was a perfect example of me like even even as we were watching it now, like I got, I was like getting jazzed. Like you sit on the edge of your chair, like you get so excited. You're like yeah, this is badass and fight people and you know, thirteen year old boy male testosterone running through me. And you were just laughing at it. Because here's the other thing about the non continuity of the movie. It's not good grammar, but the whole okay starts with a horror movie, then it gets real freaking serious and existential, and then they throw in this shit where it's like. Is this comedy? Is this supposed to be funny? So I didn't know if they were like, they were taking themselves seriously and that made it even worse or they're trying to make it funny but they didn't set up any of the comedy. So I was like, this I hate! I hate this! <laughs> and then he does eight hours of like simulated... Combat, he, yeah. He's programming a video game in his head. Basically. And at that point I did think, this is Nick's wet dream. Right <laughs> 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 what, the, what, what part was the wet dream? Where you can program any video game move in your head. You are accurate. That like I totally wish that I could just download the ability to do these things. That that is probably that is the like acorn right there. That is why I love this movie so much. But can I tell you what solidified the fact that I really do not like this movie? Okay. Trinity, I thought she was she was the best actress actor out of all of them. I don't know why I said actress. She was the best actor out of all of them. Honestly, 
She, like, was, had a believable character, continuity, understood who she was the whole time, and then at the end she fucking kisses him to save his life? I was like, no. She didn't show one grain of liking him, except for when the, uh, Oracle says, that's why she likes you. The fuck? Also, Oracle, where did that come from? Right, and that's not actually Trinity showing it at all. So I actually made a note early on where I thought her first scenes, her acting was not as good as I remembered. Oh, we can, we, can, <laughs> we can agree to disagree on that. But I had the same exact thought. That was, like, of all the things in this movie, and, and there are, like, straight-up old-timey phones, old-timey cell phones that get used in this. So, But of all of those things, the thing that, like, holds up the least is the romantic subplot. Because it becomes not all a subplot, but, like, the main crux. Everything is, like, then built on this. But they do zero setup zero foreshadowing it's like even worse than a romantic comedy or like a disney movie where they're trying to force something but then okay this is the other thing wachowski siblings if you are going to have her kiss save him at the end do a better job of having this build up to it because at one point i wrote down and i asked you and you just like didn't answer because you don't want to talk about these things during the movie but i was like oh, this is going to be the greatest movie ever because it's actually not Neo who's the one, it's Trinity. And it's because she's the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Like, I was like, oh, Holy Trinity, it's actually her. She's a badass. She's the one going through all of these things. And then, no, they still make it be Neo. And I was like, that was not believable. He had no powers except knowing Kung Fu. Okay, so a couple of things that now that you've brought this up. <laughs> there's obviously a lot of symbolism in the movie. Trinity being kind of obvious, Neo being new, the one kind of like Alpha, you know, and Omega, he's he's everything. Uh, Morpheus is the god of dreams and therefore, you know, it makes sense he's the one who helps him wake up. Nebuchadnezzar was the destroyer of Solomon's temple, so it's like the idea of, you know, destroying what was uh, before. Which one's Nebuchadnezzar? It is the name of their ship. Oh. <laughs> so Trinity obviously being uh, an obvious one there, but so the fun thing about Trinity, I don't know how true this is, but the rumor that I've heard through the years is that the original scripts actually have Trinity, the female character, being the one. And that's why I now having that knowledge, because I've seen other things talking about this movie in the past, and knowing that as I watched it, I was like, ooh, you can see it. Because they're kind of setting, they're, they're not doing anything to set up a love plot. And instead they're like slow playing that he's not as awesome as you think. Mm -hmm. And instead of her coming in to kiss him, like she could have come in and somehow been the one to win everything over. And that would have like, in my opinion, made more sense. See, and I had never heard, I didn't, I didn't even know what the movie was about. And after watching it, I'm, it's, I still don't know what it's about, but, <laughs> I'm just kidding, I don't know what it's about. But, I had that thought. The fact that, me... Lack of reference for anything. Still thought about that. They did such a piss poor job of wrapping the movie up. Yeah, it really is like, it's a MacGuffin. It's just out of friggin' nowhere. Yeah. It's like, oh, this one line that they clearly could have also thrown in from uh, the Oracle is the only setup that you get. There is, and let's also just talk about that, like, the two of them just have zero real chemistry or anything like that. Now, I should say, there was a little bit more setup with the whole scene with, um... Cypher bringing him, uh, like, commenting that she brings Neo food. Oh, I don't remember you bringing me food. Mm -hmm. But, like, it's, like, two lines from other characters. Mm -hmm. And this person otherwise has, like, zero emotion that they show for each other. Neo doesn't really show it for her. She doesn't really show it for him. And to me, it just, like, perpetuates old views of love. Mm -hmm. Getting back to the podcast topics and everything like that. Like, it, to me, is just such a bad setup. It's like, 
oh, you've pined for this person from afar and never expressed your interest in them at all? Sure, it is a love to save the world and end all ages. I think it's just, like, terrible that we tell just, people that's what it should be. I'm just I'm even very mad at the ending. And, again, maybe in the 90s when this came out and you're a 13-year-old boy, you're like, exactly, that's how it's supposed to be. But as a 27-year-old woman, I'm like, hell no, I'm not going to go in and save that dick. Especially when I have the power to be able to save the world anyways. I don't need scrawny Keanu Reeves to be that guy. So now, would it make a difference for you if, if scrawny Keanu Reeves was Will Smith? I like Will Smith a lot better than Keanu Reeves. So here's another fun fact. The story that goes along with when they transitioned away from Trinity is because at one point they were trying to get Will Smith interested in the project to play Neo. And he, of course, being the movie star that he was, coming off of... Uh, Independence Day, he was like the hot topic and was not going to play second fiddle to some lady. And so they, they beefed up and changed things around and then he ended up taking Wild Wild West instead of Which getting the Which is a quality movie. Maybe that would be... <laughs> it might be on our next podcast. You never know. Uh, I would very much love to watch Wild Wild West. I'm not have... joking. That's a good movie. <laughs> I have feelings about it. But here's the thing. If they took... Will Smith and put him in that movie, it would not be a, a serious movie. Because Will Smith, who I think is a much more talented actor than uh, Keanu yes. Reeves. I mean, I like Keanu Reeves, especially the, I'm, I'm all on board for the Renaissance, or Keanu Sans, whatever you want to call it. His, How, his return to I movies it, recently. Uh, but Will Smith has just this personality that Keanu Reeves does not have. So that would have changed the entire movie. Correct. In fact, I thought that the parody musical that we watched, uh, without ruining anything for anybody who does choose to go see it, was brilliant in that it basically identifies Keanu and, and Neo as being just this vapid vessel for nothingness. Because <laughs> it's so accurate. <laughs> it and I will say, I don't want to get too much into the, the plot of the musical. However, it solidified a lot of my feelings because it is a parody, so it was making fun of the things that I also thought were so dumb in the movie. So, for example, um, sorry, I'm distracted. <laughs> we have, we have our neighbor's dog is now coming home, and so there's, there's people outside of our room. Um, in the musical, they make it, they, like, force rom-com scenes, so they make, like, meet-cutes and stuff, which, like, I thought was hilarious because I was like, that fits more for their love story <laughs> than what actually happened in the movie. Um, they also, the thing that made me laugh so much, well, a lot of it made me laugh so much, when he pulls out the phone and it's paper, I wrote down somewhere, <laughs> they don't know how to hold a phone. <laughs> this is a, a podcast, so you guys can't see what I'm doing, but it, imagine like a claw from a claw machine, or a Lego, you know the, how the Lego has their hands and stuff like That's that? That's actually a really That's good... That's how they hold the phones this whole time. Like, they're stupid little flat cell phones. Just I, little things like that bothered me. In in their defense about that, I think that you just never owned a cell phone in 1999. They were huge, and you kind of had to, like, almost hold it with two hands. But they didn't have huge phones. <laughs> That's the issue. They were holding it like they had a huge phone, they're, but they were small. They're bigger than you think. But anyway, <laughs> title of my sex tape. <laughs> uh, so anyways. So, I will say, though, I, I loved the, the musical parody, because it was like watching an honest trailer. Mm -hmm. It's like, I'm going to poke fun at the things that, yes, I also noticed mm -hmm. were did not hold up well. Mm -hmm. But, we got to get to the end of things. So, 
what was do you have what's your like one last thing you gotta say or let's start with on a scale of since we're gonna do this five hearts you have zero to five hearts what you know what do you rate it two and i will say because honestly i was hyped to see the movie because of the scenes that i've seen in pop culture okay like the weedy guns where all the the bookshelves of guns come out. I thought that was going to be way more epic than like, let's randomly say we need all these guns and here are these guns and let's use up another four minutes of Danielle's time not sleeping to show these guns. Um, and the bullet thing. I've obviously seen that a million times. And the, again, this is a podcast, but the, wait, like he's jumping up, they're all okay. jumping up in the air. Yeah, that's cool. That stuff. I like that. I appreciate that. I wish I didn't see the movie because... Now, now, like, all of your thoughts of it are ruined? It's actually ruined more? It's not what I thought it was going to be. Well, that's because you have it ruined by the fact you have already seen all of the influence of it in pop culture. This is why we need to work on your cinematic education, <laughs> and you need to be going to see new movies with me, so it's not 20 years from now where you don't care about a movie. But you would give it two out of five hearts. Because, and this is the 2019 Danielle's rating, because the love story is bullshit. The, I hated the ending. I hated it so much it made me so mad um also there was a lot of unnecessary death where they like were pulling the plugs out of their head uh, that I, really got me that i mean that's intentional like that part is supposed i mean i think that still had its uh powerful impact but i will say i did make a note of like they really do just mow down a lot of innocent people yeah like the like the, the guards like it's not even the like sort mm -hmm. of faceless stormtroopers that come down afterwards yeah, see it's star wars <laughs> They instead have, like, these three or four guard, like, security guards, just normal, you know, Joe Schmo. They're, like, talking about things, and you could just, like, see that they were having a conversation about, you know, what their wife's cooking for dinner right before they walk in, and then just blow them away, and you are not supposed to care. I was just like, damn, this mm -hmm. is this is hard. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I was going to, another new segment we were going to try and do is, would you renew your vows? So before we came into talking about this, I was actually like on the fence, but was like, yes, I definitely would renew my vows. Like in terms of the movie, not in terms of us. Correct. Obviously. This is so, movie related. Thank you. I would I renew my vows to the matrix? Cause it is one of, it is amongst my favorite. And I, um, I think where I sit right now, across the table from his wife, I'm going to have to say no. Oh shit. You're about to have some people come after you. They, I, come at me. You can come at me, uh, you know, facebook.com uh, backslash with movies in love. Come at us at our page. That's are totally you, fine. Are you going to see the fourth one? Well, so this is what I was going to say. Is a part of what's happening is it does not hold up as much as I would have thought. Because I have not seen this movie in it five years plus. Did not hold up as well as I thought. I, I think a lot of things are dated. I have knowledge of the next two movies that you do not which, as much as I'd like to forget their existence entirely, detract from this brilliance. Because I know what comes next, and so if it was ever sort of on the edge of good or bad, it now has, for me, drifted into more bad than good. I, I have cautious optimism towards the fourth movie that is coming out, which is the other reason we decided to record this podcast. Because, like, a week after we recorded the last episode, they announced that uh, the next matrix was going to be made so i think that's one more thing that i would i would i would not now but i i hold my judgment after the fourth movie i may in fact change my mind the matrix four a new hope 
<laughs> well done. Well played. That's, you, did, do you, you do know that's the specific episode, I too, right? Wh- okay, just wanted to make sure. Okay, okay. episode Wait, four. What? <laughs> oh, it was okay, a Star okay, Wars okay. reference. No, I didn't know episode four was a new one. <laughs> and scene. Uh, so, yeah, uh, well, that is our thoughts on The Matrix. Uh, you can come at us, since we both uh, did not enjoy maybe it as much. I will say, go give it another watch before you decide to do that. I agree. But um, then when that time comes, we, we are happy to accept feedback via email or our Facebook page. If you enjoyed this podcast, please like our Facebook page. That's www.facebook.com slash withmoviesinlove. Even though the podcast is called In Love With Movies, we had to go with with movies in love for the Facebook uh, address specifically. Uh, same thing at Gmail for us. So it's uh, with movies in love at gmail.com. Please send us your your thoughts, your messages. I thought uh, it was in love W movies. No, we we changed it. Oh. <laughs> we changed it because I'm trying to do as much like similar branding as possible. So continuity, s- conti- unlike the Matrix. Continuity, unlike the Matrix. Yes, exactly. All right. Um, okay. Well, that is all I have that I can think of. Anything else from you, Danielle? I love you, Nicholas. All right. I love you, Danielle. The Matrix sucks, man. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry for the false goodbye, everyone. We've decided to add one last segment to our podcasts going forward. We're going to call it Love Notes. So if you want to be heard on Love Notes, all you have to do is go to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review, and we will read whatever you say. If you want to send us some nice comments, if you want to trash on us but still give us a five-star review. Yeah, no four-star reviews. None of that shit. <laughs> Only five stars. We won't take anything else, but you can say whatever you want. Plug your own stuff, whatever. We'll read it. So here is the first Apple Podcast review that we have. So this is our first Love Note. Okay, this is from Kakyu847. <laughs> That's K-A-K-Y-U-U-847. Great dynamic and energy between Nick and Danny. Talking about love and movies is such a great way to showcase their interests and personalities. Can't wait to listen again. Thanks, Kakyu! Thank you, Kakyu. Glad that uh, <laughs> our personalities are shining through and greatly appreciate that summary of the, the what you listened to on the first episode. So hopefully you enjoyed this second one just as much and enjoyed hearing your name as well. Are we only reading one? We're only going to read the one. We're going to re- oh, read okay. one, per, okay. one per week. If we, if we get a backlog, we can start reading more than okay, one. Okay, listen. I'm going to pick the next one we're reading and I'm only reading the funniest, most honest one. So... Spruce it up here, people. I mean, I appreciate it, Keck. You, you got you, you got you got our heart here, but uh, be funny. <laughs> okay, well, we're adding an additional uh, incentive to love notes. See if you can pass Danielle's test of being worthy of us <laughs> actually reading you on time. So, thank you again, everyone, for listening. That has been the second episode of In Love With Movies. Uh, Make sure you can find us on our Facebook page, www.facebook.com, with movies in love. Uh, And, uh, Danielle, where can they find you? You can follow me on Insta at DannyMiami4, obviously. All right, you can follow me also at uh, on Twitter at Nialfeba. That's N I A L F E A B B A. All right, and uh, yeah, that's it. So thank you again, everyone, for listening, and we'll see you guys next month. No, I can't fight my phone. In love, in 
Danny and Nick. Da-da-da.